Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Tune in as Pastor Jason brings this week's message from our series, You Asked For It. I love, I love to do something. I love to use social media for something good besides rants. How many of you love to redeem social media and, and make it something positive? And one of the things I just wanted to say uh, was thank you so much to all of you who are sharing the content of Best Weekend Ever uh, and, and getting the, using your own personal platforms to, to create invitations to the people in your world. Because the reality is, is we sometimes don't know what God is doing on the other end. Uh, sometimes God is stirring people. Sometimes God is drawing people. Sometimes people are longing for something, looking for something. And that's the power of a simple invite is one just seemingly insignificant invite could just land with somebody in their heart and in their life what they're walking through. And that could be the moment. Come on, somebody, that somebody's life is forever changed because of the power of an invitation. And so... I just, I just wanted to say thank you. All of, the, all of the content is out there. If you aren't connected to our church on social media, uh, we're, we're on Facebook and Instagram. And, and look, look us up. Provided great. Our, our creative team provided great content uh, for this weekend as we just spend some focused uh, time on believing God for more and more people to be led to abundant life in Christ. How many of you believing that it really is going to be the best weekend ever, that God's going to do some amazing things? And I'm so hyped for what's coming in our church. I'm not even for sure I understood all of that. I'm just pumped for it. Like, I'm ex- just crazy excited. Uh, and this weekend is week three of our series, You Asked For It, and we, we've done this series a couple of times now, and we survey our church and just... Ask Our Church Family. We did it over Mother's Day weekend. If you were here, you got a little card and got the opportunity just to say, hey, this is what is in my heart. I'd love for you to speak on this topic. And so this week is week three of You Asked For It. And uh, the topic this week that you guys chose is the topic of anxiety. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's any accident that last week was kids. <laughs> and this week is anxiety. <laughs> like... Raise those kids, get them out of the house, your anxiety will go down. Let's pray and be dismissed. Just funny, hilarious. But I, I do want to talk about anxiety today. It makes sense to me that this would be one of the most requested topics that our church would ask us to speak on because I just I have this sense that as a people, as a culture, as a society that we're, we're not doing very well on the inside. And just this, this sense that we're not doing well emotionally. And the irony of all of that is that we're probably doing better externally than any people group has ever done in all of history. Like we have more access to more things that supposedly make our lives better um, I mean, we have air conditioning. I don't know if you're amazed by that, but I'm just like, thank you, Jesus, for air conditioning. Like, that's an amazing thing. There were people who lived and survived without air conditioning. Those are my heroes. I don't know. <laughs> don't know how you did that. God bless you. Um, phones in our hands. I mean, just the, 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 the amenities that we have. 
No, not everybody's wealthy, but we're, we're very blessed, regardless of your, your status, kind of on the hierarchy, we're blessed. And it's amazing to me that we're doing so well externally, but yet doing so poorly internally. And that we're, we're not doing well in, in our hearts, and it just really, it confirms a belief of mine that it, the only one that can heal the human heart is Jesus. Like, that's, that's the crux of it, is there's no amount of external pleasantries and, and, and comforts, and we, we've untragically learned this in just recent history in our culture, that no amount of, of, of riches and fame can heal what's going on in here, um, and it takes Jesus. And I want to preach a message today, and I want to give it a title. And the title that I want to give you today is, I want, to, I want to just tell you, use this title, I Don't Have to Live This Way. And the reason why I want to use this title is because my prayer and my faith is believing that someone in one of these services we're doing this weekend, and that someone will walk out of this room with a resolution and a determination and a confession, I don't have to live this way. That I, I don't have to go on like this. And when you talk about anxiety, anxiety is simply misplaced hope. Both of them, both anxiety and hope, are types of expectation. The, the word hope in the Bible is literally a confident expectation, that I have an expectation of something good. And so what anxiety is, is it's the expectation that we're supposed to live with that has been misplaced into, into fear, into unbelief, into, into doubt, into an expectation of wrong. And what I would love for us to just sort of resolve in our hearts is that God has not called us to live a life that's anxious. God has called us to something greater. God has called us to hope. And I pray today that maybe we can take the journey of getting our expectation put in the right place so that we can have hope in our lives and that anxiety can be diminished because the reality is, is there's a better way to live than, than just struggling with anxious thoughts. And God, God hasn't called us to anxiety God has called us to hope, and the Bible has a lot to say about anxiety, and I'm going to preach as much of it as I can in just a very short uh, span of time, but one of the verses or one of the passages of Scripture that I want to walk you through today is the 23rd Psalm, because I believe the 23rd Psalm uh, speaks directly to the heart of going through uh, anxiety of struggling, really, I believe like if you struggle with panic attacks and, and struggle with maintaining proper emotional health, the 23rd Psalm isn't just a passage that was meant to be read at your funeral. I want to I want to read it to you today while you're still alive. Okay, like I want to I want to it, it has application for us today, and it's come it, it's written by David, and there's try there's a debate among scholars as to when we know David wrote it but we don't know when he wrote it if he was a young man or an old man I'm just going to give this is opinion this, this isn't fact this is just what I think so take it for what it's worth but I think I think David is writing this as an older man 
I think he's writing this reflectively, that he's looking back over his life. And what I love about this is David was a king, but he's not writing from the position of a king. Because being a king doesn't give you peace. Being a king actually creates anxiety. Is there's people who want to take your throne. And being a king is dangerous. And when he writes this, I want you to notice as I, as I read through this, that he's not writing this from an earthly position of being a king. He's writing this from a heavenly position of who he is in God. That his identity isn't on what he does. His identity is on whose he is. And Psalm 23 starts off this way. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And one of the main sources of anxiety is lack. It's not having enough. As you study anxiety, one of the reasons we have anxiety is we either, one, we don't have enough money. That's a big source of anxiety. But it's not just finances. It's also a feeling of inadequacy. It's a feeling of not being enough, not having enough, not, not feeling like you're adequate enough to be what you need to be or should be or be able to do the things that you should do or that you, you don't feel like there's enough of you to get to the place where you really want to go, where you'll feel fulfilled, where everything's going to work out. And just scarcity creates anxiety. And if you don't believe me, we had a near hurricane just a few weeks ago, and we realized that scarcity creates anxiety because everybody ran on the gas stations. And I, I was just needing gas to get to work. I just need to go from my house to the office and sitting behind a guy who's got enough fuel to last him to 2023 at this point <laughs> because he was filling up every container known to man. It's like... Just leave some for us that just need to get to work. But come on, somebody, scarcity creates anxiety. It's the feeling of lack that creates anxiety. That there is not, there is not enough. And one of the terms that the Word of God gives for his people, David is using... And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, one of the words that the Bible uses, Jesus used it frequently to describe the people of God, to describe people who are in Christ, is the word sheep. The Bible calls us sheep, that we are the sheep of his pastures, that his sheep know his voice, that we have a good shepherd today. His name is Jesus Christ. And it tells us, this verse tells us a couple of things. First of all, it tells us that you are not alone. Because, listen to me, anxiety preys on the isolated. Anxiety preys on the lonely. Anxiety preys on those who are by themselves. Because it's, I've noticed something in my life, and this is just something, I'm just working this out and teaching what I'm working out in my own heart, in my own life. I've noticed that I'm different when I'm by myself than I am when I'm around some people. And David is speaking something to us, and that is you are not alone. 
because there's a difference when you are surrounded by people. You ever go somewhere by yourself, like all alone, and you walk in, and you just kind of are walking slow and timid, and like you, you don't know what to go, where to go and what to do. You, you, have a different, you have a different walk when you're walking in somewhere by yourself. You ever go to a restaurant by yourself, and they ask you how many, and you're just like, all by myself. Don't want to be. You just walk in. You, you ever have a really good friend group around you and you roll into a place? Come on, your walk is a little bit different. You're like, you're going to need to open both of those doors because I, I need some space just to, just to walk through those doors. And the first thing that David is just establishing in his life is that I am not by myself. And the way that Jesus taught us to pray, the very first words of the Lord's Prayer, I want you to notice this, is that God is my shepherd. He said, you are our Father in heaven. You are not my Father, you're our Father. That when I pray, I am not to pray alone. I'm to pray with the understanding that I am a part of the great big family of God. And you are not not alone and you are not by yourself and you're not meant to walk through things by yourself because you lose your confidence when you're alone but today you are a part of the you're a part of the flock of God you are a part of the sheep that belongs to the pasture of God and you don't have to walk without confidence that when you walk through something you can walk with swagger and confidence because you're never going to walk through anything alone and yes somebody notices when you're not at church and yes people miss you when you're not here and yes we know your name and we know who you are and we know what you're going through and you're never going to cry alone and you're never going to rejoice alone and you're never going to do anything by yourself because you were meant to be a part of God's family and anxiety preys on the isolated but I've got good news for you today you are not by yourself you are a part of the family of God so you can walk with swagger through your life knowing that you've got it because you've got a posse around you who's going to invade every circumstance of your life because you're never going to do it by yourself he said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. I don't have to live in need. I don't have to live in lack. In other words, God is my sufficiency. That there is nothing missing and there is nothing broken in my life. And I just want to give you this understanding as you walk through this life of feeling inadequacy, of feeling broken, of feeling like something is wrong with you. Can I tell you that God is enough and that you are enough? And the scriptural perspective on this is that no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. In other words, your enemy is broke, but you are not broke. Your enemy is flawed, but you are not flawed. And whatever rises against you, God is enough and you are enough and you will conquer in the name of the Lord because the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want because you are a part of the family of God and you have a good shepherd who has taken you to good places and Christ is enough for your life. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's taking the, the Lord is my shepherd. He's taking me somewhere. The Bible gives us a list of things that we should be anxious about. It actually lists all of the things that we should be anxious about. It's found in Philippians 4, verse 6. And it just simply says this. It says, be anxious for nothing. That's the list of things the Bible says to be anxious about. 
How many of us, if we were to write this passage, we would be, be anxious for employment, be anxious for relationships, be anxious for finances, be anxious for lack of fulfillment. It just simply says, be anxious for nothing. And there's a quote that I love. I've used it several times. And the reason why I use it so often is because I just simply always have to remind myself of this. Eugene Peterson, he wrote the message version of the Bible. It's a paraphrased version of the Bible. And he said, Christians should be at a relaxed stance knowing that God is in control. Sometimes I just like, have to constantly just remind myself, chill out. God's in control. Like this, he's got it under control. So the Bible tells us don't be anxious about anything. Anxiety really at the root of it is a distrust of God that he, didn't, he doesn't know what he's doing or he, he made a mistake when he made me. And that's just not true. So where, where then does anxiety come from? Why, does, why do we have anxiety? Because the reality is, is everybody has it. Emotions are real. Billy Graham said that, that this age will be known as the most anxious age of all time. And he actually said that over 50 years ago. He said that back in the 60s. And it's probably the one time Billy Graham was wrong. Like this, this age has more anxiety than any age. And it's, where does it come from? If we're not supposed to be anxious for nothing and we should be at a relaxed stance knowing God is in control, well, we all have emotions, right? Everybody's got feelings. Everybody's got emotions. And the reality is this, is that anxiety is just simply in the air. It's, it's in the air. Anxiety is the climate of the world. The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. That under the authority of our adversary is the climate that we live in. But how many of you know that we're in the world, we're just not supposed to be of the world? But there is a climate that, that people are living in this, in this thing that's, that's under all of, the, all of the anxiety. God's the God of peace. God's the God of wholeness. But yet the world that we live in is broken. Has anybody noticed that? And so there's people living under depression because it's in the atmosphere. Living under anxiety. Living, living you know, it doesn't take much to trigger people. Like, you don't, you don't have to do much to trigger people. Just... Climate change. I just triggered somebody right there. <laughs> Vaccines. Immigration. Triggered. I was going to throw out some names. I can't even throw out political names because it will trigger somebody to do something foolish in this room right now. <laughs> you can't even do it. Immigration, like you, you, can't even, you can't even have conversations because people are so triggered by the toxins that are in the world that, that are going on around us all of the time because it's just simply in the atmosphere. Jesus taught a parable about the Word of God. How many of you know the Word of God is powerful? Like it, the Word of God, it, it goes forth. It doesn't return void. It produces the thing that it was sent to do. 
Like it has power to transform lives, transform hearts, transform our circumstances. But Jesus taught a parable and he said, when the, when the, he called the word of God a seed. Like right now, you're, there's a seed being sown into your heart. And, and, and it's going to have to find good ground. Because it's not the sowing of the seed, it's the growing of the seed that produces the fruit. And Jesus gave several reasons why when the word of God goes forth that it may not take effect. Uh, And there's several reasons. But one of the reasons Jesus said that the word of God may not have effect is because of the cares of life come and snatch away the seed of the word of God. And when he said the cares of life, the word care is literally interpreted as the anxieties of life. That, That you receive a promise from God. You receive a word from God. You receive something, but yet it can't grow because there's anxiety. It's just in the air. And and God's trying to send his word. He said, I sent my word and I healed your diseases. I sent my word and I healed you. I'm sending my word to try to make you, to heal you, to help you. But there's all of these toxins in the atmosphere. And I've already triggered somebody. So I just want to tell you, you actually need some climate change. You actually need some climate change in your life because for many of us, we're living under a climate that is filled with anxiety. We're living in a climate that's filled with anger. We're living in a climate that's filled with depression. We're living in an environment that's filled with cynicism and criticism and just flat out hatred. We're living in these environments and we need some climate change in our life because the word of God cannot work in an atmosphere of anxiety and fear and doubt and unbelief but if you can change the climate of your life the word of God thrives in an atmosphere of faith and expectation it thrives so that's why Paul said it this way in Philippians 4 6 through 7 he said don't be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind through Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? He's saying the same thing that David was telling us, and that is we have a shepherd that is trying to lead us to green pastures. He's trying to lead us to steel waters. He's trying to lead us to a different environment than what we're living in. That's why we need to shift the narrative of our minds because we get into this religious thing that makes us believe that the word of God, that by, that reading the Bible is some religious obligation that we have have to do, that I need to read five chapters, or I need to read a verse, or I need to read a chapter, or that prayer is some sort of religious obligation where I have to sit down and spend X amount of time with God, or that going to church is some type of religious duty, and I'm here to check it off of my box and go on. No, I want to tell you, that's the green pastures that God is trying to lead you to, because you're living your life in an environment that is full of the toxins of this world, and the only pure, accurate, right thought that you're ever going to 
get in this life isn't coming from what's around you. It's coming from what's coming out of the word of God. And when I go to read my Bible, it's the only moment of clarity and peace and confidence and hope that I have that is found in the pages of that book. And when I go to prayer, it's not a religious obligation that I have to go spend time with God. It's an oasis for my soul that takes me from a place that I'm going to get the toxins out of my life because we need some air filters in our space and the air filters that God gave us is reading his word. It's being found in prayer. It's being found in the house of God where the presence of God fills this place and the atmosphere changes and all of the anxiety and all of the doubt and all of the depression and all of the fear and all of the worry have to fall off of my life because I'm not living in that environment. I'm living in another place because I have a shepherd that's wanting to take me out of the storms and the rolling waters of anxiety and bring me to a place where there is still waters and there is green pastures. It's the fresh air of the presence of God. And you've got to learn to change the climate and the atmosphere of your life. You have to get out of the toxins of the world and let the shepherd lead you to good pastures where you can thrive in your peace and in your soul. God's trying to restore your soul. It's not... I, just, I would punch somebody right now. It's not... I just realized I was getting really intense. I'm happy, I promise. I just... I'm feeling so anxious right now. Like... It's not, we mess it up. It's not a religious obligation to read the Bible. It's not a religious obligation to pray. It's not a religious obligation to be in this room. It is the very life of God saying, I'm coming out of the authority of the atmosphere of this world and I'm coming under the authority of the kingdom of heaven where Jesus is the one that has all reign and rule and authority and depression and anxiety and doubt can't come in here because my Savior rules this space and this is the air that I breathe. And the problem is, the problem, anybody like to stress eat? I, I, like, I like to stress eat. I'm not going to lie to you. But we like to stress eat. Like I'm just, I'm just eating my feelings. Sort of looks like donuts, but whatever. <laughs> just, we talk about stress eating, but can I just ask you this? What is your stress eating? We talk about, oh, I'm just eating my feelings. Well, what are you feeding your feelings? Because the reality is whatever's growing in your life is what's being fed in your life. And we feed ourselves all of the stuff that comes from a toxic environment. And then we starve our faith of the very things that brings life to it. And all David is saying is you have a good shepherd who's trying to take you out of the anxious, toxic environment of this world, and he's trying to take you to a place that's got some air filters on it so you can breathe the fresh air of God's peace and God's presence in your life. And he said, even though that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, 
overflows. I, wanna, I just want to relieve you of all anxiety right now. You ready for this? I'm just I'm going to free you of all anxiety right now in this moment. Because anxiety is the worry and the dread that something bad is going to happen. And so I just want to just tell you that bad things are going to happen. They're on the way. So now you can stop worrying about it. Is that fair enough? The Bible says don't, don't think it's strange when you go through fiery trials that test your faith. Don't think that's weird. Bad things are going to happen. And the problem with anxiety is anxiety doesn't escape problems. Anxiety just prolongs problems. Because we make bad choices and anxiety actually weighs us down. Proverbs 12 says, verse 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. It's a good word that makes him glad, but it's anxiety that weighs us down. In other words, when, when our feelings begin to dominate, we, we get stuck. We can't move forward. And it's perfectly normal to have feelings, even to have anxiety, have anxious thoughts. Even Jesus, and I want to give you some hope, even Jesus, because he was a, he's a high priest who has been touched by our infirmities, even Jesus experienced anxiety. The night that he was to be betrayed, the cross was imminent in his future. He, he, he was so intense that his, he, he began to sweat. And then the Bible says that his sweat became as drops of blood, that, that the pressure and the anxiety on him actually burst a, a blood vessel, and, and blood was actually seeping in out of his system in, into his sweat. That, that, was, the, that was the anxiety that he, was, that he was under. But I want you to notice one is where he went. He went to the Mount of Olives. He went to his prayer place. He, he worked it out in prayer. He, he tried to be a part of the, the, the fold. He tried to get his posse to go with him. They, they, he was like, can you not tarry with me one hour? They, they fell asleep on him. They weren't very good friends, but he tried to have friends in that moment. Tried to do it the right way. But here's the thing is, if you're not careful, anxiety will leave you in that place. But the Bible says that Jesus worked through it for one reason. Because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the, cha- despised the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of God the Father. That Here's the greatest thing that I could tell you, is that anxiety will weigh you down if you make decisions to stay where you are. The way that you process your feelings is you realize that feelings are temporary, but God's plans are permanent. That this is going to come and this is going to go. That this is only a moment, so I'm not going to make decisions based on my feelings. Come on, somebody. I'm going to make decisions based on my faith. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to walk through. I want you to notice this. I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I'm, I'm going to be in the valley of, shadow, of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to stay in the valley of the shadow of death because you are good and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And we have this mistaken notion that peace is the absence of problems. Can I tell you what peace is? Peace is not the absence of, of problems. Peace is the ability to have a picnic in the middle of your problems. It's the ability <laughs> to sit down in, in, in everything that's going wrong. And I want to tell you, man, there's people, they're just the recession, depression, anxiety. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, you know what? I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to feast on the goodness of God because in the middle of it all, God's good and he has good plans for me. And you know what? He's anointed my head, which means he's got a calling on my life that where I am isn't where I'm going to stay, that there's something on me that says I don't have to to stay in the valley of the shadow of death and my cup is running over that my cup is full of the goodness of God. My cup is full of the promises of God. My cup is full of the potential and the power and the presence of a God that wants to do amazing things in my life. So it doesn't matter what's going on all around me. I'm only temporary because my posture in this life is that I have a shepherd that's leading me and the best is still yet to come in my life and in my world. And I've got an anointing y'all you're anointed God has a call and your cup is full there's so much that God has in store for your life that whatever you're walking through right now I don't care how intense it is on your life there is joy set before you weeping may endure for a night but joy is coming in the morning that something good is on the way and you are not going to stay in that feeling and in that emotion God has better things in store for your journey it's only temporary. Come on, somebody just needs to decide I don't have to live this way. I'm going to have a picnic in the middle of my problems. And David said, Psalm 23 and 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I need, I need three people. Caesar and Suhey, would, would you be so kind? Aiden, come on. All the way up on stage. Come on, give them a great hand. Give them a great hand. Surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. Stop right there. Face right there. Thank you. Just stop right there. Face this way. Face me. Come on, Caesar, right beside your lovely wife. Okay. You're going to be the bad guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. First of all, I'm so grateful for a church family. This is a good posse right here. I love you too. David said, goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Are there hard times in my future? There may be. Sorry, your, your anxiety, Aiden. Are there hard times in my future? Listen, there, there may be. I'm not going to lie to you. She may break your heart. He may let you down. The friend that you started the business with may turn out not to be the friend that, they, that you thought they were. The job that you thought was your security blanket may get swept out from under you. There may be some things in your future. And we can spend all of our time 
focused on the anxiety of, of, of the realities of life that, that are sure to come, that downturns are going to come and seasons are going to come and, and bad things happen sometimes. But here's, here's what I've realized and here's what David is saying, that I don't know what's ahead of me. I just know goodness and mercy are behind me. So when I get to whatever it is that's bad that's going to happen, goodness, if I'll just keep walking, if I'll just keep walking, if I'll just keep moving, that even though something bad happens to me, by the time I get past it, goodness says that the enemy may have meant it for my evil, but God meant it for my good. And all things work together for the good, that have, for the love, for the purpose of those that are called according to his purpose, that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so if I just keep moving, goodness and mercy are following me all of the days of my life. And I've noticed something. I notice in my life, as I struggle with anxiety, I, I, I notice that I spend all of my time like worrying about what's ahead of me and worrying what's out in front of me and worrying about, can we pay for that? Are we going to be able to do that? How is this going to happen? How are we going to, how is this going to turn out? And how, how's all this going to work out? And I've noticed that I spend all of my time looking into the future and worrying about the future. And Jesus said, don't worry about the future. Today's got enough problems of its own. You don't have to look out in the future because I've noticed something. When I look with an anxiety to the future, I I have these worries about what's going to happen. But then I had this revelation the other day that somehow when I turn around and I look back over my life, I don't see the anxiety. All I see is that goodness and mercy have been following me all of the days of my life. That whatever I've walked through, that God has never failed me and God has never abandoned me and God has never forsaken me. And even though the hard times came, they weren't the death of me and I didn't get stuck in the valley of the shadow of death. And that wasn't the final place that God had for me, that better days were on the horizon, that God was still doing amazing things. And I just want to tell somebody today, you don't have to live this way. You can live this way. You can turn around at the end of your life and say, God has been so good. His mercy has never failed me. It's never forgotten me. It's never forsaken me. When people walked out on me, God didn't walk out on me. And when a job stopped providing for me, God was still providing for me. And when other people didn't love me, God still loved me because His goodness and His mercy are following me all of the days of my life. Thank you guys, you're good. That's why Paul said, when you look forward, submit everything in prayer. And then when you look back, have thanksgiving and gratitude in your heart. That's the perspective that the shepherd wants to lead you to today. Today, today, right now. Someone may have walked in carrying anxiety. All you fed yourself is 24-hour news. All you fed yourself is social media. All you fed yourself is is talk from the office. All you fed yourself is arguments and strife. Today, the shepherd's trying to lead you to good pastures to restore your soul. 
And David just simply ends with this Psalm 23 and 6, and he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, the greatest confidence that we can ever have is that we're securing God forever. That I've got abundant life here in Christ, and I've got eternal life there with Jesus. That I've got confidence that my eternity is secure. That I'm at home now and forever in the presence of God. And I just, I just want to lead you in a prayer all across this room. Bow your heads with me. Maybe today the greatest peace that you could ever know is the peace that comes through receiving Jesus. You're giving your life to Christ. I'm going to do something today. I'm just going to, I'm going to lead us in a really simple prayer that when prayed from the heart, it's not necessarily the words, it's the posture of the heart. I'm going to give you the words. I want you to pray it from your heart that today, maybe, maybe if you came here, your life doesn't have the confidence of knowing that it's being led by the shepherd, that Jesus really is your leader and your Lord. And God really is sovereign over your life. I'm going to just lead us in a prayer today to just make that position secure, that the greatest confidence and security that you could ever have isn't from being an earthly king. It's by being a, a part of the sheep of his pastures. David said, my identity isn't in that throne that looks like earthly security. My, my confidence and my peace comes from being a part of the flock of God, knowing that God is my shepherd, that he's my father. And today I just want to make sure every person has the opportunity to leave this place, saying I don't have to live this way. I can walk out of this room knowing that the Lord is my shepherd. And here and now and for all of eternity, I shall never want. My place, my position is secure in him. Come on all across the room, bow your heads. I want to ask everybody in the room to pray the prayer. Some of us are praying it for the first time. We're praying it for the heart. We're making Jesus the leader and the Lord of our lives. For others of us, we're just simply supporting the people around us. But all across this room, just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash away my sins. Forgive my past. Today I follow you. I will walk in your path. I will follow your ways. I receive you now as my leader and my Lord. And I will never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. And a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's word into people's hearts and lives. And if you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give. And just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's word into people's lives. 
Another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button. Just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the Word of God. And a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button. Let other people know that there is encouragement and God's Word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in Christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life. God bless you.